Well, here we are already on the fourth Sunday of Advent. As you know, we've been focusing and meditating, learning over the last four weeks about the four cardinal virtues. We started with fortitude all the way back on the first Sunday of Advent, moved on to justice when we got hit with Snowpocalypse 2018. Last week we talked about prudence, and folks, this Sunday, it's temperance time. So, very excited to share with you about the virtue of temperance. And just to kind of illustrate the point, I'm going to tell you about my good friend Joseph over here, our seminarian. So, last year for Christmas, I gave Joseph an electric guitar, okay? Now, you'd be amazed, you know, at my horror when I went up there to visit Joseph at the Josephinum, the seminary, which has a huge front lawn at this beautiful seminary. And I went up there, and there was Joseph on the front lawn of the seminary playing golf, okay? But not with a normal set of clubs. Joseph was playing golf with the electric guitar. <laughs> Imagine my horror to see that as I had given him this wonderful gift of an electric guitar, only to see it misused in this horrible way. I mean, just so let down. I hope you know, I've, I've never actually given anyone an electric guitar in my life. However, it illustrates the point of temperance actually rather well. The whole thing when it comes to temperance is using the gifts we've been given in the way they ought to be used. Now, the Catechism, paragraph 1809, this is the first two sentences of this paragraph, defines temperance in this way. It's the moral virtue that moderates the attraction of pleasures and provides balance in the use of created goods. It ensures the will's mastery over instincts and keeps desires within the limits of what is honorable. Now the thing is, if you remember back to the creation account in the book of Genesis, after God creates everything, right? Every time he does it, he stops and sees that it is good. And we hear in the Psalms that the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. I mean, all these things that are created around us are good, are inherently good, created by God, and there for us to use them. But here's the good thing, to use them in the way that they're supposed to be used, with moderation and balance, and in a way that's honorable. So back to my buddy Joseph and the amazing Technicolor guitar. So if I gave him that guitar, right, and he's up there at the seminary, and all of a sudden, Joseph just quits going to class. Like, he is, you know, rocking out all the time on that guitar. He's just, like, completely immersed himself. He won't talk to family and friends. His fingers are, like, falling off. He's just playing it so much. Now, that would be excessive, right? You know, and if, if he takes the guitar and does that all the time, you know, he's, he's just diving in on that guitar. He's falling into this trap of excess, and the thing is, I think it's easy with temperance, when we think about that word, to not think about things like Joseph's guitar, right? Because unfortunately, a lot of times temperance, that word gets kind of hijacked, especially, for example, if you've ever watched the Ken Burns documentary on the Prohibition. It talks a lot about the temperance movement, and what the temperance movement was was trying to get rid of all alcohol from our country. The thing is, that wasn't actually temperance. And C.S. Lewis actually does a really good job kind of describing in Mere Christianity how temperance has sort of gotten taken in the wrong direction. The word's been kind of hijacked, as he says. I want to quote from Mere Christianity. Just real quick before I do, I want to remind you that this was written in 1943, 
So, some of the language is kind of funny and curiously culturally insensitive. But just just bear with me for a moment as you hear this, because I think he really hits on something important. One great piece of mischief has been done by the modern restriction of the word temperance to the question of drink. It helps people to forget that you can be just as intemperate about lots of other things. A man who makes his golf or his motor bicycle the center of his life, or a woman who devotes all her thoughts to clothes or bridge or her dog is being just as intemperate as someone who gets drunk every evening. Of course, it does not show on the outside so easily. Bridge mania or golf mania do not make you fall down in the middle of the road. But God is not deceived by externals. So there's the thing. We can fall into excess on all sorts of things, right? We know all these created goods and this virtue of temperance helps us to take the gifts that God has given us. You know, food and drink and sexual pleasure and guitars and all of these different things and to use them in the right way. The other side of the coin is this, though. Another sin against temperance is to go instead of to excess, falling into defect. So remember this. So let's say I go up to visit Joseph once again, except in this alternate universe, whatever. You know, so I go up there and instead of Joseph, you know, using the gift wrongly out on the front lawn and playing golf with his guitar, instead of him like skipping all his classes, you know, I go to see him and I say, Joseph, how's the guitar? And he goes, Oh. And, you know, he's at the Josephinum, lots of guys, very dry air, steam heat. It has like three feet of dust on it, okay? One of the things I don't miss about living in the seminary. But, like, he just hasn't used it. You know, the gift is just sitting there. There's no use of the gift whatsoever. It's sinning against temperance by defect, by not enjoying it at all, just completely staying away. That's the thing. Temperance helps us with moderation, balance, to do things in an honorable way. I want to tell you about one of my biggest sort of pet peeves. It drives me nuts when someone takes a bite of like a really good dessert and says, oh, that's sinful. No, it's not. It's not sinful at all. I mean, the dessert itself being good is a good thing, right? You know, if you look at, let's say, it's like, like a delicious brownie or just an amazing beer, that's not sinful. That's a sign that God loves us in beer or brownie form, all right? It's a good thing to have that God has given us. This is when sinfulness enters in. It's when we don't use the gift in the right way. If there is a tray of brownies, what you don't do is dive into the entire thing, okay? That is a misuse of the gift. It's a sin against temperance. That's when it becomes sinful, right? So we have to know ourselves That's once again where the virtues get kind of exciting. It's a little different for all of us. I had a friend in seminary who liked, he considered this thing sort of like a party trick of his. He was very impressed with this. I thought he was kind of snotty about it, but this is what he would do. He'd like take a bag of Doritos, right? And he'd open it up and he'd eat one and he'd put it to the side. And he'd say, I can have just one. I remember thinking, well, good for you, you know, but... And he's kind of showing, like, I can't really do that. I don't, I, I don't have the self-control. If I open it up, folks, I'm probably going to the bottom of the bag, you know? And we need this virtue of temperance to help us with just that and all of the created goods around us. If you're not capable of having one brownie and letting the rest of the tray be there for the rest, 
make sure if you're going to go into the brownies, you got someone else there to say, hey, I love you. Don't you think you've had enough brownies? You know, just to have that accountability, that help, we need the virtue of temperance. Why? Because all that God has created around us is good. The problem is, is when we don't use the gifts of God in the right way. You know, we Catholics get a bad rap a lot of the time. We're either, oh, those Catholics, they're so excessive. Every party, they're always drinking away. Or, oh, those Catholics with their guilt, they don't enjoy anything. Okay, it's neither of those, right? With the help of the virtue of temperance, we're supposed to enjoy the things that God has given us in the right way. And that's how we say thank you to the gift giver, to God himself. Just like the best thing Joseph can do with that guitar is to, you know, play it in his, in his downtime, in his free time. Go down to the pub, play a few wonderful Ugandan rock songs for the guys. And everybody, you know, rests a little bit. It's a good thing to use the gift in the right way. It's the same way that we say thank you to God. And think about this, you know, tomorrow, Christmas Eve, the gifts are going to start coming. And this is, I think, at least I'll tell you, from my own personal perspective, this is where I think we all need a little bit of help. We all know about, you know, we need the regulation in food and drink and sexual pleasure and all sorts of different areas, but this is the one I think is kind of creeping in there, and it's technology, right? We need the virtue of temperance a lot, and technology, and since it's kind of new on the stage, it's like we don't have, you know, tons of, of cultural wisdom to help us with this. You can't go back and watch It's a Wonderful Life, and by the example of George Bailey, oh, right, I need to put the cell phone down. No, I mean, it's, it's kind of new on the scene, but how easy it is to be intemperate with all of the technology. You know, for example, you can go on and, you know, turn on the Netflix tonight, right? And watch one episode. That's great. It's fun. Watch an episode of the Carbonaro Effect or something. One episode is good, but watching the entire season? I mean, come on. What are you doing with your life? You know, you need to like be temperate with the one or maybe two episodes. I don't think seasons were meant to be watched in one sitting. And so to be temperate with that is good. To be temperate with the cell phone. And I want to tell you this story because I'm embarrassed about it. The other night, Joseph and I were sitting there talking around our newly decorated Christmas tree in the rectory. And I was literally talking about this homily, decrying the use of cell phones, and like people in the midst of conversations start texting, what did I do? I got a text message from a friend from college in the midst of talking to Joseph about text messaging and how terrible it can be, I started text messaging. It's just one of those things that's so easy to fall into, and we've got to pray for temperance. And as we move into the beauty of the Christmas season, and I'm guessing some of us will be unwrapping some things that glow, some technology, right? Okay, use it as a tool. Have a little bit of fun with it. But don't immerse yourself so much in the digital realm that all of a sudden you reemerge on January 3rd and go, whoa, it's time to go back to school. No, don't fall into that trap. Temperance. To use these gifts in the right way is such an important thing. And remember, as the gospel shows us today, as Mary and Elizabeth come together, and even more importantly, as our Lord and John the Baptist come together, look what John the Baptist does. He leaps for joy. We have a religion of joy. God created this world good, so good, in fact, that he loved us so much to become one of us, to enter into all this with us. It's not like sin happened and so he just scratched the whole plate and started clean. No, 
He entered into this. We have all of these good things. To say thank you to the gift giver himself, use them in the right way. Pray for the gift of temperance. Ask for that grace to enjoy those gifts, to say thank you, and to say that we appreciate him by using the gifts in the way that he's intended us to do, giving glory to him and striving to grow closer to one another today, tomorrow, during Christmas, and the whole year through. Praise be Jesus Christ. Amen.